0: Hey, families, welcome again to the Wonder of Parenting. Parents, we're so glad that you're joining us uh, for the second part of our discussion about screen time. Uh, in our last Wonder of Parenting podcast, we looked at some of the, the uh, challenges that come with screen time, and um, we looked at the, really the negative impact that too much screen time can have on our kids, and um, also saying that there are some very positive things that can happen. What we want to do in this one is uh, refer to Michael's two books, uh, Saving Our Sons and the Minds of Girls, and kind of give you a how-to manual for screen time at various ages for your children. And uh, Michael, thanks for joining us again and all the insights you're going to give to us today.
1: Oh, thank you, Tim. These are such important topics.
0: So I want to very quickly summarize what we said yesterday by just reading a, a, a little quote from your book, The Minds of Girls, where you talk about the trinity of digital health, And um, you caution against too much time on screen time, and you're talking about daughters, and you say she may be spending so much time on the phone and other screen-related media that she is becoming, one, too sedentary. Uh, A recent study showed that night— Sedentary. S- sedentary, yes, thanks. Uh, a recent study that, uh, showed that 19-year-old girls today are sitting as much as people in their 60s. Now, that's sort of an insult, Michael. That's suggesting that you and I do a lot of sitting. Uh, probably do. Well, we
1: do. <laughs> yep. Well, as the brain and body get older, we do sit more. <laughs> yep.
0: And um, secondly, distracted from academic performance and cognitive development. And so we talked a little bit about how uh, this, uh, girls are, and boys are maturing more slowly. And or the number third uh, the number three uh, digital health uh, problem is engaging in too much immature relational activity to remain socially healthy, and uh, we talked about the uh, really the lack of face to face time in conversation and how uh, challenging that is. So, having said that in the last podcast and now looking at all the uh, you know understanding that there are real positive things to say about screen time, I want to walk w- with you through some of your insights in both of your books, Saving Our Sons and the Minds of Girls. And let's look at age groups and what's appropriate for screen time. So let's start with birth through five, what you call stage one through two. Uh, What should we know about screen time? What should we not be doing with screen time when it comes to our kids and their brain development?
1: Okay, so yeah. uh, So pre-birth to to, to, two, we're talking little or no screen time. Uh, you know, maybe by about 18 months, uh, use of screen to FaceTime with grandma and grandpa or to Skype with with relatives, um, but not not much more than that. Uh, and, and by 18 months to two years, you know, c- certainly in most homes, the child is going to be watching some TV program somewhere, uh, but we just got to keep that to a minimum. And we want to make sure that the images in the TV program don't move really fast. Uh, so like we talk about uh, about research that came out on Sesame Street, which is, which is a good TV program for kids, absolutely. But the, they discovered that for like 18 months, two years, three years old, that brain, the images, some of the images were moving too fast. Uh, and that was overstimulating the brain. So just watch the images. So like Barney... You know everything's moving pretty slow, and so that can be okay. Uh, by the time the child is between three and five, you're gonna you're gonna be seeing more educational programming, uh, and even some might have the child look into a laptop and learn something. You know that's okay, uh, and certainly kids can watch these sort of safe animated movies by four or five. That's pretty common. Um, you know Disney movies, etc but again keeping it to a minimum so not we don't we would rather not have one an hour and a half of, of a movie and uh, an hour of educational programming you know uh, we want to keep it down to to 1 to 2 hours and some people would say even that is too much for a 5 year old's brain so uh let me tease out just a couple things there
0: on that because this it's where it all starts right the 0 to 5 is such an important part of a child's brain development there are going to be parents and others who argue uh that even at 18 months there are some really good screen games right now that seem to teach our kids things true or not true
1: oh well things teach kids things there there's there's no doubt but we want to remember this it's kind of like a it's become social trend like 15, 20 years ago, it was the Einstein, right? If you yes. if you hold all this stuff to the womb, even, you know, they were, <laughs> you know, people are selling stuff. And and then of course we do the research and we discover, well, no, that was kind of mythology. You, <laughs> it, it, we got to just, I, I think as for everyone as citizen scientists, um, look at each of these things carefully and always think what's natural for brain development? What's natural for brain development? Because you'll end up with the happiest, most successful adult, if you can keep your kids as natural as possible for their brain, since their brain does not grow from a screen, it grows from a million years of nature, right? So, mm. so we have to we have to just keep that in mind. And and uh, if someone says, well, you know, this thing over here on this screen is going to help your child, just say, well, you know, it's not natural. Do I really need it? Does my child really need it? I'll study it carefully. I'll make a decision. Um, I will say that another thing that is mythology is when, um, and again, this is people selling stuff, this is tech people selling stuff, they'll say, you know, if you start your kid young on this technology, like a smartphone, like a computer, like really anything, start them young, uh, wow, you know, they may may or they will become successful at 25 and they'll have their own company and they'll sell it for a million dollars. You know, they kind of create this concept that if you start them young on technology, it's going to make them a successful adult, but in fact, that also is mythology. You kids who have come from, um, and you can people can find this in my books, or, or you can go on Google and just spend some time there. Uh, these studies done with kids who come like from Africa and did not have technology in a remote part of Africa, and they come here, they learn enough English, you know, they go through the school system, and then at you know twelve or thirteen, they learn the technology that someone else learned at three, and within two or three months, they've caught up. So they're just as good at the technology as the kid who learned at three. And that, I think, is really valuable for parents. So we don't have to force ourselves to force our kids into using tech early as if that's going to make them succeed. We've now disproven that one.
0: Is there a difference between TV time and, uh, like, social media,
1: video game time? Well, they all are – they – well, anything on a screen counts as screen time, uh, with the slight exception to reading off a Kindle reading is still reading and it's still really valuable, you know, and, right. and the, the Kindle issue or, uh, or that issue, iPad issue for reading becomes an issue, um, more in the evening pre-bed. We don't want the blue light and we, we would rather have kids reading a book, not looking in a screen pre-bedtime. Uh, but you know, parentheses on that one because reading is still valuable either way whether it's on a kindle or whether it's a a hardcover book or paperback but taking that out everything else would be screen time that goes into our total of screen time and uh uh so add it there then we cut them into pieces then we look at social media we look at smartphone we look at video games each of them are stimulating the brain in various ways so when we look at um social media, we're looking at instant gratification. You know, the more time kids are spending on social media, the the more they're expecting in, instant gratification. And we actually don't want a lot of that for them when they're kids. Uh, that leads to immaturity and to less resilience and dangers later. We need kids to um, not be constantly stimulated toward gratification instantly. So that's something to think about there. With video games, uh, that that has its own its own podcast probably, yep. uh, where you know video games are are stimulating dopamine. They're stimulating various brain centers, and they can be useful, but um, they fool the brain into thinking it has accomplished something, and that's part of why so many gamers are so immature. Um, uh, you know, not all obviously, but so many. Where, where I'm constantly getting asked by people, you know, wherever I travel and speak, people are saying, okay, I have a son, he's really, really great at video games. He's 28, <laughs> you know, he's living in my basement. Mm-hmm. Well, what's, what's happening is the video games are, are retarding their, their brain development. And so they're good people, they're good kids, but their brain development is, is back stuck at about 17. So each of these things has issues to face and screen time is the overall issue.
0: When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. I just wrote myself a note that we're going to talk video games our next session because that's a whole podcast of its own. So we'll yep. go yep. more deep into that. I'm going to just add one other thing. I've got a, uh, five grandkids. My youngest is three years old, and um, she was over here the other day. And uh, we'd been playing with her all day long, and um, Grandma and Grandpa you know, had a couple things we needed to do. So we thought, well, we're going to let her just watch a show for a little bit. So I put on a show that she picked. It was a, uh, a Barbie show, and it was about Barbie and dolphins. I put the show on, and uh, about three minutes into the show, I can hear her making sounds that she's uncomfortable. And I thought, well, how can you be uncomfortable with a dolphin? And I walk in, and she knows, even though it, it's not been uh, you know fully set up yet, she knows this dolphin's going to be in trouble. And so I walk in, and I she's getting more and more afraid, more and more frightened by this. And so right when I paused it was, was when the dolphin got caught in the net, and she just made this verbal uh, expression of uh, fear. And it was a reminder to me again, she's three years old, and she caught it immediately. And we need to be so aware of all the images that are going into the minds of our boys and our girls with screen time. So uh, let's move oh, now. Oh, yeah. Yep. Let's can I to... just say something about yes, anxiety please do. there yes because I Thank think
1: you. It, but fast and I know we're gonna yep. move on but that's you've just hit on something so crucial for for young parents um, uh, we, we wonder why we have so much more anxiety mm-hmm. uh, in this in these two generations you know they've been raised in front of screens and you have just hit on one of the reasons as kids are watching uh, programs or or streaming or through the phones you know all the way every device as they're involved in programming uh, the thing that makes programs effective for adult brains or even for teen brains is that it has drama in it right so so that drama that creates all that tension is fine for a you know for us as adults and for teens uh, uh et cetera but for these little kids three four five year olds it comes it just stimulates anxiety and, and as, it, as these are getting watched an hour or two hours a day, we parents are very busy, so we don't know quite what's being watched. Yes. And we don't compute all the anxiety that's created in a brain that is not yet formatted to separate that anxiety into a compartment for dopamine release, which is what we do when we watch a horror movie. We like, you know, as adults, those who like horror movies will go, oh, that was a great horror movie, right? That's compartmentalized. But in the three-year-old brain, the four-year-old brain, the five-year-old brain, they can't compartmentalize it. So what they're doing is they're triggering anxiety genetics. And as they're, as they're getting more and more and more anxious, they're just growing up more and more and more anxious. And then we start to notice they have an anxiety disorder or anxiety problem at 9, 10, 11, 12. And not all of it, but some of it comes from all this programming that made them anxious at three, four, five, and 6.
0: And and we forget that as adults. So just as you were talking about that, I was thinking about people of a certain age whose uh, one of their first screen experiences was watching Bambi, a Disney movie. And the one thing they all talk about was Bambi's mother's death and how profound that moment was in their lives because they weren't mentally, emotionally ready to take that in. And I'm guessing... That, uh, you know, like my kid's generation, it would be the same when uh, in Lion King, when I think it's dad Mufasa died. And uh-huh. that was even a bit more graphic because the the kid was there trying to save his dad and couldn't do it. And those are, you know, they're dramatic moments. And as adults, we get it. But for little kids, uh, that's you're right. It's tough stuff. And we just we need to be more aware of how their brains are processing really adult material.
1: Yep. Yep, well said.
0: All right, so let's move then to uh, ages six to nine, what you call stage three.
1: Yep. Yeah, so now six to nine, you know, some schools are moving toward pads or laptops if they have those resources available. So there is going to be more screen time for those kids. And then some homework is now moving toward internet and toward screens. Um, So that's going to be within the range of normal now in our society. Uh, Then there's going to be, you know, watching TV and, and some kids, some uh, parents are letting their kids play video games, like on school nights, which, which I, I would beg them not to do, but they are doing that. So now the, now the amount of screen time, uh, we can, we need to be citizen scientists and measure it because if we've got a couple hours at school, then we got a couple hours doing homework, then we got a video game, you know, then, then, and, and some parents by now will have given kids smartphones. Um, I, I would say that's really too much. I just think you're courting danger, and if we have three kids, uh, we want to remember that you may not be courting danger for for one or two of those kids, but you may be for another one of your kids, uh, right? Because every brain is different, and some have more resilience, and some have different genetics, but you got to just know uh, if, if that's at like five to six hours now in front of a screen at eight years old, uh, on that scenario, that you're courting danger for at least one of those young brains. So so one of the keys is hold back on screen time. So if the school is doing laptops or iPads and and or if you need to do homework on screens, and that's gonna be an hour or two, then uh, no video games, right? Cut mm-hmm. that out. And certainly no smartphone, because once that brain gets a smartphone, it's gonna spend an hour or two a, a day on that smartphone. So no smartphone um you know etc and then also violence in programming uh and this sort of circles back to your story the this is a time when when a lot of parents will sort of let their kids kind of roam around in inside the internet and inside screens and i it's the i would say the wrong age brain development wise we got to be really careful about what they're watching um, because especially violence, and certainly there can be sexuality there that will confuse them, uh, but also the violence, uh, too much violence, it's going to be more depression, more anxiety, you know, so, so target violence and make sure to you know, not be letting them see much violence. You know, in Bambi, for instance, or in, in um, Lion King, it is contextualized, there, there is death. That's a kind of violence that's contextualized into a journey of life and death. Right, and that isn't what we're you know that's okay. uh, Depending on how how mature a parent believes their child is, that would be okay. I mean, my kids certainly watched Lion King in that age group, so that would be okay because that's that's life and death, you know, and that is part of life is death. So that that's okay. What we're talking about is the gratuitous violence, um, ongoing, gory violence. That's still bad for that brain.
0: And, of course, as you just said, uh, it depends on your child's maturity and to handle that.
1: Yeah, citizen Um, science is crucial. Like, there's no way you and I in one half hour can tell, you know, billions of parents what they should do. So it's just crucial that every parent be a citizen scientist and study your own child, study this research, study your own child, and then you make your own decisions.
0: And is it fair to say that a good rule of thumb is less screen time than you think in this culture?
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Once people do this research, like I've got a lot of endnotes, as you know, in the back of both the minds of boys—I uh, mean, the minds of girls—and saving our sons. I have, I have, you know, forty pages of endnotes. And even yep. though the books are written to be read by anyone, they're very accessible. I always make sure to back it up with the research, so people can go to those studies as citizen scientists and make decisions. And when people read a, as much research as you and I are reading, yeah, they're gonna be a little scared. They're gonna go, wow, you know, we didn't know that, but but now we know. So uh, so yeah, make a good decision for your own child, have a family conversation about it, explain to the child why you're doing it to protect their brains, you know, show them a picture of the brain and say, we're doing this to protect your brains. We're the parents, this is what we're doing. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: All right, now we've got children
1: who are 11 to 14. Yeah, that's a crucial pruning time for the brain. Um, And so if we didn't have incentive before to protect those brains, here's a huge brain incentive right now. So during this time, the brain does a natural sort of spasm of pruning that lasts for years. And pruning means use it or lose it. So what happens is the cells that are being used well, let me back up. There are too many cells in the brain, right? It's born with just billions and billions of these cells and it can't it can't mature with all these cells. So gradually it prunes away cells it doesn't use and it focuses on cells and cellular structures that it does use. So this especially happens in this age group where where the 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 brain says to itself okay i gotta prune out a billion of these cells you know because i'm becoming an adult i'm getting washed with hormones uh, this is what my brain has to do and this is true all over the world everyone race culture doesn't matter every brain is doing this so um as we study our kids we want to make sure that the that brain is involved in activities that we want it to keep and um uh because uh, it's going to lose some stuff So if that brain is spending five, six, seven hours in front of a screen, if that brain is playing an hour of video games a day at 11, you know, if, 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 if we add all those things up, we got to remember and say, oh, well, then that's what the brain is going to keep. It's going to keep those cells. So it's not going to keep the cells to build uh, an edifice, you know, unless maybe it's doing it through Minecraft. It's not going to keep the cells um, that it would, uh, of running around, of of playing, of climbing, of problem solving through uh, being out in the natural world and facing obstacles—you know—all all of those things that it's not doing, it's not going to keep. It's not going to keep the cells for music if it's not doing music. It's not going to keep the cells for for horseback riding if it's not doing horseback riding. So you name it, right? The list is endless. If it's not doing those things, it's going to get rid of a lot of those cells, and it's going to keep these cells and and. What we don't want is for it to mainly keep the cells for screen time and all the stuff that would go under that category and get rid of all these other cells because then what we will have is an 18-year-old, a 22-year-old, a 30-year-old who, as you've described, you know, is not as mature, is not as able, is not as successful um, because what it did is it got rid of a lot of the cells and the connections that it really needed to grow up so so i ask people especially in this age group to look at three primary markers and study kids for these markers one is physical what is their physical health like right mm-hmm. now one is cognitive how are they doing at their cognitive functioning so that's going to generally be schoolwork uh anything that's challenging um them them cognitively and then uh you know third is going to be sort of emotive relational how how are they how, what is their social life like do they have relationships and if they see issues in any of these three areas uh in that 11 to 14 age group it's very probable that something is related to screen time and they need to get away from screens and back to relationships back to moving around right to help with the physical back to um uh doing their schoolwork and not being distracted by screens so that they do their schoolwork. got to get back to those things so that those are the cells we keep
0: And I would refer people back to our uh, Wonder of Parenting podcast when we looked at uh, your child's brain and screen time, and particularly what it does to the dopamine and uh, likes from social media, which is really uh, the issue then for that age group, 11 to 14, and actually probably a little older. Uh, Michael, let's wrap it up then by looking at the last age group, 14 to 17, 18 years old.
1: Yeah, so we're suggesting and I'm hoping people will hold off giving the phone to the kids until they're 13 or 14. So by 14, we're moving into the next stage. Um, They, you know, their brains are moving into into middle adolescence, a lot of great development has happened. Uh, And in terms of the likes, the instant gratification, the dopamine, their brains are better able to handle that. So if So at nine, if we give them a cell phone or a smartphone and they're starting into social media, that brain is not mature enough really to to uh, or it's most brains are not mature enough to not have some sort of anxiety or depression or something like that show up. If they get addicted to that stuff at nine by 14, they're they're, you know, smarter, uh, let's say, and they're able to go, oh, well, you know, so and so didn't like me or oh, well. Uh, I, I have other assets, you know, so that's the right age. 13, 14 is, is really the right age to be thinking about giving them smartphones and giving them access to all of that. But still at this age, we have to be very careful with the amount of screen time. Um, because this is a transition time when a lot of parents will say, this is when I lost my child. Hmm. My, my child is 25. Now, as I look back, I realize, oh, this is when two hours of video games started you know, the child started getting C's and D's, you know, so so uh, be very, very careful here, even though we're giving them more freedom and more privilege. Uh, and also, we've got to use parental controls. Be yes. still be careful because any computer is our computer. You know, even if we gave the kid allowance and he bought it or she bought it, it's still our computer and we are still the parents and it is still our job to protect these kids and to guide these kids. So so parental controls are important. Um uh and keeping the amount of screen time down to at this age you know maybe five hours at 15 or 16 years old is probably likely because of doing homework on screens streaming stuff smartphones so five hours but eight hours too much i would say again probability of having some brain trouble
0: yeah and i heard somewhere i think it might have been our friend katie who said that the average child, and she didn't give an age group, uh, could be up to 12 hours a day on screen time, whether it's school, work, it's in school, whatever. Almost half the day could be spent on screen if we're not careful.
1: Yeah, although that's not going to be, that isn't an average. She may have been saying that's for some, some kids that happens, but that's not an average. 12 is too high.
0: Okay, it's, what would you say the average is? Uh,
1: it's going to depend on the age. It absolutely depend on the age. Uh, I think an adult, it's possible that an adult... Uh, who who works in tech would be on a screen 12 hours a day that's possible but for a kid um, I, you know the the average for a 15 year old I believe is somewhere around seven to eight hours which would be too uh, much which I think is too high right Um. yeah and but 12 and is way out way out yeah
0: let me let me just ask about uh, this parental control uh, are you saying that you ought to have passwords to everything that they have
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm asked this a lot. And in my books, I argue against um, mid-adolescent privacy. Uh, so I'm arguing for privacy, obviously, in the bathroom or your body. You know, those things are private. But in terms of screens, there, there is nothing in human nature that shows me that a 15-year-old, let's pick that age, should necessarily have privacy for screens from parents because that 15 year old is still a developing child. Right. And we still need to help that child and guide that child. And that child is gonna wander, uh, the, the, the screen, the internet is just like the child wandering off into the tundra, you know? We, we, we gotta give that child some skills and assets before he wanders off into the tundra or she wanders off. And and so it is crucial to have parental controls. And I think if, and well, we did this with our kids, it does work. If you raise your kids and say, look folks, I'm going to trust you, but I always have to have your passwords. Mm -hmm. So if I see anything going wrong with you, I'm going into your screens because I know that may be where it's happening. And uh, we didn't abuse their trust, our kids, but we did have access. Right.
0: And and there is something about uh, training kids to earn trust as well.
1: Absolutely. That's a really great lesson for that age group. You, yep. you earned my trust. <laughs> and,
0: and one of the things that Katie said uh, was that uh, these kids have remarkable abilities to go around parental controls. They do. Uh, and so that's why we need to have access always to what's going on, because before you know it, they are lost in that tundra, and, and you didn't see it coming. And you want to make sure to the best of your ability you do. And let's let's just remember what we said in uh, our last podcast that people like uh, Bill Gates didn't allow his daughter to, or kids to have uh, cell phones until they were fourteen. So they know something about this. They're the ones who, who work in that business. They know the positives and negatives, and that ought to be a cue for us as parents to take this really seriously. It is a great gift. Uh, but if it's not uh, within boundaries, it can get away from us quickly. So we really yep. hope that this has been helpful for you. Uh, you can get more information from Michael's two great books, Saving Our Sons and the Minds of Girls. It's got a whole chapter on this in both of those books. And uh, next time we get together, we are going to talk about video games because that's a specific niche for screen time, uh, particularly for boys, I think. And so we look forward to uh, seeing you then. Our website is wonderofparenting.com. Uh, You can post a question to us uh, that we can uh, talk about in future podcasts. We do uh, come online every Monday with a new podcast. And so if you'd like to subscribe, you can do that through wonderofparenting.com. We've got a link there, or you can go uh, to Apple uh, Play. You can go to Google Play, and uh, they have ways for you to subscribe as well. These are always free because we want this information to you. Michael, thank you for your time.
1: Oh, thanks, Tim. Thanks for doing this.
0: And. Parents, we thank you for your time. We look forward to joining you again as we talk about video games.
2: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed.